In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes to us and brings us new life, so that we can continue to reject our old ways. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know about you, but when I was going through school, one of the ways that that they taught me, one of the the methods that they used in order to teach me certain things, was by memorizing stuff. And so I had to memorize all sorts of things when uh, I I was going through school. So in history class, I had to remember dates and what went along with those dates. And so I I still sort of remember the War of 1812. That one was an easy one. Um, But then I also had to remember, okay, what happened in 1776? Anybody? Founding of our country, good, good, good. And, and, and so some of us still uh, remember those things, um, uh, it, uh, a few of them. I also had to memorize um, the, the phylums, uh, phylum genus and species of all sorts of different animals. Um, I'm not even sure that I could still do that with my dog. Um, a little unclear on what the phylum would be there. And I also had to memorize uh, poetry, I had to memorize Bible verses, I had to memorize things out of Luther's small catechism, I had to memorize my multiplication tables, I had to memorize all sorts of stuff. And I was just talking to somebody very recently who said that right now in educational theory that 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 whole idea of memorizing stuff that they've pretty much just left that behind and said, well, well, that's not really that effective. Uh, And and I probably have to agree with them for the most part. Um, It's not really necessarily an effective way uh, to remember the stuff that we need to remember in order to live our lives. And so um, when we're talking about multiplication tables... um, I was never really kind of that big of a math kid, and I just don't remember that. Um, and yet, at the same time, I, I decided that this year I was going to do some, some memorization work. Uh, for a project that I'm working on, I'm, I'm working on something that has 28 theses, um, short little sort of soundbite kind of things. And so I decided that it would be a good idea for me to memorize those things, uh, memorize those 28 eight, um, uh, theses. And so uh, I, I began to memorize them, and, and as I started memorizing them, I said, well, it's probably a good idea idea for me to go someplace and to read up a little bit on how this all works, because I remember doing it as a kid, but it wasn't necessarily the best back then. Maybe if I understand a little bit more of how it works, then I will be able to memorize a little bit more effectively. And so I I looked a whole bunch of stuff on, on memory up, and one of the things that I found out is that when you're doing this rote memorization stuff that you can memorize things actually pretty easily as a human being. Most human beings can usually, if, if you're really trying, you can memorize something pretty easily. And you can keep that with you for a matter of about hours. Yeah, and then it's going to go away. Unless you continue to bring it back up and continue to recall it once a, a day at least. And, and so a lot of the memory systems out there that help you memorize scripture and help you memorize things like uh, Luther's small catechism and, and all of that, um, basically what they do is, is they have these systems that uh, occasionally remind you of the things that you feel that you've already got down. 
Well, that sense of memory actually has a lot to do with what Paul is talking about in Philippians here in in our, our text. And so... That Philippians text, Paul is talking about the memories that he has. And Paul, if you if you know his story, basically Paul's story has a lot to do with, with his memories. Memories that it seems like he really can't necessarily forget. Paul grew up as a very righteous uh, Jewish kid. And uh, as he was growing up, he, he grew in terms of his outward righteousness. He was a, a very good religious learner. In fact, uh, being who Paul was, being a, a part of the Pharisee sect of that time, it probably meant that he had at least memorized the, entire, the entirety of the first five books of the Bible. Which is a lot. Especially when you're talking about Leviticus. It's hard to read Leviticus, much less memorize it, right? Some of you are like, I have no idea, I've never read Leviticus. That's okay. But that's what he did. And so he, he trained his brain to be able to do this, this memorizing. And then he had a lot of these things that happened in his life that he just couldn't forget about. I mean, he had things that probably you and I wouldn't forget about. Because he felt so passionately at the first part of his life that Christians were just evil people that he went out and he started to arrest them. And a lot of them, he stood there. In fact, we even know from Scripture, he stood there witnessing the death of one of the early Christian leaders, Stephen. And that's the kind of thing that you don't really forget that easily. It's something that probably continues to plague you time and time again. One of those things that it's sort of like a memory that when it comes up, you you kind of shudder when you think about it. And all of those memories probably led back to, to Paul sort of considering who he was and how sin affected him and the sins that he was probably trying to reject. And that's what we're talking about as a community here at University Lutheran this Lent, is the sins that we're trying to reject. And many of us have chosen specific sins that plague us. I chose two that, that we're trying to put aside knowing that that's not all of the sinning that we're going to do, but just trying to get into the habit of putting those two aside so that maybe then we can work on the multitudes of other sins that we commit. And in that process, we find out exactly how hard it is to reject those sins when they present themselves as opportunities to us. And yet some of us have probably had a little bit of luck with that. We've probably been enabled by the Holy Spirit to actually reject some of those sins when they present themselves. Maybe we've gotten just a little bit better in being able to say, well, I'm not going to fall into that trap. I I know what's coming up. I'm going to reject that temptation. And if you're like me with the two sins that I chose, you go along for quite a good while, and you, you start to feel kind of good about yourself. And you start to kind of say, well, all right, I've got this sin, I've got this knocked. And just about that time, you fall into it. 
In fact, I'll even confess that, that this morning... I was doing really good. In fact, I, I even thought about it earlier this morning. I'm doing really good at rejecting this one sin. And then this morning, I just fell flat-faced into it. And I remembered how it felt when I did that. I remembered how ashamed I felt of committing that sin, that sin that, that I had already vowed this Lent that I was going to reject, and there I did it on the Lord's Day. And it sucks to remember what it feels like to sin. Of course, that's not the only sin that I do. I remember all sorts of different sins. I remember sins that I committed yesterday. I remember sins that I committed last week. I remember all of the sins that I've done. And then I even don't remember a lot of the sins that I've done. Sometimes I even sin without knowing it. That's what we confess as, as Lutherans, that sometimes we're even so sinful that we do it without knowing that we're doing it. Until maybe somebody says, hey, that offended me. Or maybe something else happens that we're finally, we go, oh, wow, that was sin. And Paul is plagued with that. Paul is plagued with this sense of of there being something that is beyond him. And he's been wrestling with this. He's been wrestling, Paul probably specifically with legalism. That weird sin that looks like it's following God but is actually just trying to make yourself into a God because you're keeping all of the rules straight. And so, what Paul is is saying here is, uh, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. And and Paul is just saying that I, I consider everything a loss. And that's really the the way that you feel when you commit one of those sins, especially one of those sins that you've said, I'm not going to do this. And you find yourself doing it. You feel like the whole world has just come toppling down on you and that you are just absolutely worthless. And Paul is saying there's actually something to that. Because all of your righteousness, all of your striving, all of your trying to stop sinning, If you're doing that just for the practice of stopping sinning and not because of the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, it is worthless. In fact, the next word that that, uh, Paul uses here, I consider them all rubbish, that I may gain Christ. When Paul says rubbish, uh, he's using the Greek word there, skubala, that I've talked about before. And skubala, uh, uh, we have Bibles that don't curse. Um, and, and so uh, that, that's probably a good thing for the most part. But um, this would be one of those areas in the Bible that uh, if you were using a four-letter word, it would probably be okay. That, that's probably what Paul is saying here. He, he's saying that uh, I count all, all of my striving, all of my legalism, all of my sins, I count that all as the stuff that I left in the toilet this morning. I mean, that's a vivid image. But that's exactly the image that Paul is using here. And he's saying that 
All of that is worthless compared to this relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. All of that is worthless so that I might gain Christ. And so he continues... And and being found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. That's what we confess as Christians, that we can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can reject those sins because we realize how bad they are for us. And that we can move forward in our lives and and be sanctified by that Holy Spirit who is continuing to make us into better people. But that has nothing to do with our righteousness before God. That righteousness before God has everything to do with Jesus Christ. And so, Paul is saying... I'm having a righteousness of, uh, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. That righteousness that says, I thank God for this. I don't thank me for this. Because I realize that I couldn't do this on my own. And so he continues, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in in death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. And he continues on there, not that I've already obtained this or that I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. And that's really where we are today on this Lent Sunday, right before we get into Holy Week. That what we're doing right now is we're saying that we have had about 40 days of preparing ourselves to consider what it was like for Him to go to that cross. For what it was like for Him to suffer and die. The things that he was prophesying about when we were reading in the gospel lesson about all of the prophets that were shunned by the people. And then finally God sent his own son, his own heir, and they took him outside of the city and they killed him. That we've been preparing ourselves for that simply by taking a look at our own sins and seeing how hard it is for us to reject those sins. And how often we need to run back to this cross. And run back to that knowledge of our Savior every morning. That we get up in the morning and say, I need forgiveness. And I know that you're going to give it to me. Because I know that you sent your Son to die for me. To be my Savior. And so what Paul is saying here is that he's, he's not counting that yet. He's saying, I'm still, I still have some striving to do. And that striving is going to continue on for the rest of my life. Even for Paul. Paul, the guy who wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, I am going to keep on striving. Which if Paul has to keep on striving, I sure have to keep on striving. Because I'm not going to count myself in the same league as Paul. 
And probably neither are you. And you realize that there's a life that you are going to have to live that has to keep on striving against those sins that present themselves. That sin that I committed this morning. I'm going to have to keep on striving against that for the rest of my life. And I'm going to have to keep on coming to my Lord and telling Him, Lord, I messed up. I sinned, I transgressed, I need your forgiveness. So that I can move on and I can strive again. That is what it means for us to be Christians. It's what it means for us to be Lutherans. What it means for us to be members of this particular church. And it is what it means for you to be here. That you're confessing. I do sin. I do remember what it's like to sin. And yet because of my Lord Jesus Christ, there will come a day. A beautiful and glorious day. Perhaps after I'm dead, perhaps He'll come while we're still living. But when my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes to this earth and ushers in the resurrection, that upon that day, on that day we are going to begin to forget what it's like to sin. Because on that day, our righteousness will be completely wrapped up in His. And our forgiveness will be something that doesn't need to happen anymore. Because we'll only be living in His righteousness and His blessedness. And we won't have to strive against those sins. We won't have to fall into them time and time again and remember what it feels like. But rather that He is going to be giving us that complete gift on that day. Of the moments that you experience after you hear those words. I forgive you your sins. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We look forward to that day because our Lord took our striving upon Himself on that cross. And as we prepare for these holidays that are coming up, we prepare for them by remembering to strive. And when our striving fails, by remembering to come to Him and receive His love and His forgiveness. Amen.